everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bitch Breathe. My name is Ricardia. So today I want to talk about a subject that is probably, no, absolutely unavoidable at this point. And I've thought about it several times, you know, while I'm thinking about things to talk about during the um, podcast and um, was wondering, okay, so what, what am I going to say about it? Everyone is so, so tired of this subject. I know I am. And yet here I am talking about it. So coming at this from hopefully a very different angle, I wanted to talk about the pandemic. Yes. But I wanted to talk about pandemic magic. So First and foremost, I want to mention that I am uh, conscious of my privilege. I am clearly able to sit here and record this episode with you or for you, and I'm still okay. I'm not directly affected health-wise by the pandemic, and luckily there hasn't been anyone in my close circle of friends who have been directly affected and I still have work. So there are all these things in place that make me aware of the privilege that I'm speaking about, and maybe I'm not aware of all of it, and there's a very long list of things that are okay. But that said, that doesn't mean that I, that we are still affected by what is going on in my country. I live in Berlin in Germany, which you probably know if you've listened to some of my previous episodes. Um, we are still able to go out. The schools are closed. and A lot of people can't work because they've either lost their jobs or because they're too busy homeschooling their children. Our stores are not open, never mind food, gastronomy, and museums and such. All of it is closed down. So what has happened is life has become rather one-dimensional. What you are able to do is work, basically. If you have a job, then you can just work, 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 <laughs> um, uh, you know, and you can do anything that you can do inside your house or maybe with a very few select circle of people at their houses. And that pretty much is the radius of activity that is possible here. So... Like in most other places that I've been hearing about, people are really, really starting to suffer, you know, suffer from this on a mental health uh, level for sure. Uh, it's also winter where I am right now. So there's all these extra factors that are making the pandemic a real, real challenge now that we're going into the 11th month almost of this situation. And it's very, very hard to see the way forward. It's difficult to be, you know, optimistic about a lot of things. Um, certainly my son, a younger generation, of course, in this case, showed me a tweet the other day where he said this other kid, uh, his age was saying, basically just trying to explain to my parents very gently that I don't think anything is ever going to be good again. And it was meant funny. My son meant to show it to me as something funny and, you know, the different perspectives the generations have. But I thought to myself, um, the mental health situation for all of us, especially for the younger generations right now, is, um, well, it's in question. I don't think any of us really knows what's going to happen with that yet. And so there seems to be all this limited... Uh, thinking and certainly a limited life and everything feels very, very um, tight 
and um, threatening, maybe in some ways, threatening to our freedom, to our health, certainly, and all these other aspects that I don't even want to go into too much. So in a time when we feel very limited and threatened, possibly, I'm not going to serve up, you know, 10 things that I think are great about the pandemic or, you know, here's what you can do during the pandemic, because I think there's plenty of blogs and plenty of inspiration out there. And I do appreciate that it's out there because I have taken some tips from there. But what I do want to talk about today is still something positive. And that's why the title of this episode is called Pandemic Magic. There have been a lot of changes because of the pandemic, but not all of these have been entirely devastating or, or bad, whatever bad is, since the situation can never quite explain to us whether something's bad or good, right? We need a little more hindsight for that. But I have been noticing some things that I didn't quite, uh, wasn't quite able to get a grasp of at first. But as I began to get a little hindsight, I mean, again, it's been nine or 10 months now, I started to notice a lot of changes in myself that I didn't quite acknowledge. Um, even just a few months ago, I think that's why I wasn't ready to talk about this whole thing yet. Because I thought, well, what am I going to say? Everything sucks. And I'm really frustrated and really sad and missing people. And I can't just talk to my poor listeners for 20 minutes about just how much I miss physical and emotional proximity. So that said, I have noticed these things that I wanted to talk about. And one of the first things I wanted to say was that people have begun to really think outside the box. Now, being an American and having lived there for several years, I am used to a certain idea of pioneer spirit, certainly innovation. Um, before recent years, I think people really looked up to America, and I do hope it's going to happen again now that we have a new president and um, maybe some new uh, air of change. But, you know, it used to be that people looked up to this country as a place that dared to do things differently, that dared to do things first. So to a certain degree, I'm used to people around me who tend to do that. Now, in the old continent, as it's sometimes called, in Europe and specifically in Germany, that could not always be taken for granted, that people would think outside the box. Um, people are more traditional in some ways here, which is nice because traditions are preserved and there's... Um, a huge acknowledgement of history and the value of that and of old things. But what is maybe sometimes missing a little bit here or was, was this idea of being able to think outside the box. Um, it used to be that what you studied in college, the major you had pretty much determined what kind of job you should be looking for. Or, um, you know, you you had to absorb, uh, absolve a certain amount of years to be able to then practice this or teach this or um, have this job. And that's changing. Uh, not only are we, of course, having to um, learn, you know, or, or take classes in college in a remote way, which is a whole nother thing that happened, but um, there's this this whole idea that you don't have to necessarily have studied what you then end up working in or the kind of arena that you will be active in doesn't necessarily reflect your educational background. And so what's beginning to happen 
is that you can open up job possibilities for yourself and people are thinking about placing you in areas that they might not have put you before because, well, that's not what you learned or that's not what your experience is. But I'm really noticing this very magical transition, call it a transformation maybe even, hopefully a sustainable one, but people are starting to look for different qualities in their employees, in the people they want to work with, and they're looking for problem solvers. They're looking for innovative, um, can-do, if you will, kind of people. And I've found that really inspiring. I've noticed it in my own jobs uh, that I work in that people are just starting to be like, you know what, let's do this differently. We've always done it this way. Shit's going down. We don't need to be doing this the same way we did before. So I've really, really come to enjoy this whole collective change in thinking and thinking outside the box. Another thing I noticed, again, in myself, but I think because I'm picking up on impulses that are taking place in the collective, and that is to seize the moment. Keep in mind, this did begin when I entered my 40s, because I was like, I don't know how many years I got left here, I better make them count. But it was sort of like dormant sometimes. And I thought, yeah, I can do this some other day. I don't do it anymore. And I'm seeing it in other people too, that we're seizing the moment. Actually, the podcast is one of those things. I had been wanting to do one for years. I mean, um, for years, I kept having this secret dream. I didn't tell anybody about it. That's how dormant and how quiet it even existed in myself. But not anymore. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And um, it wasn't even necessarily my idea to do it now. And this brings me to my third point, but it sort of ties into the seizing the moment idea. And that is that I met someone I, I um, last year at the beginning of our first lockdown here. And he happens to be a really, really uh, different kind of guy. He became my boyfriend. He still is my boyfriend now. And he's the one who really, really pushed me and was like, what are you waiting for? And he too is a reflection of this whole seizing the moment. Because when I first met the guy, um, this is a couple of years ago, actually, you know, we, I think we thought of each other as a yeah, nice person, but I never thought of it as anything else. And um, every once in a while, he would write to me, but in a very friendshipy sort of way. So I didn't really think anything of it. Um, I'm not sure. I think he did, but he's always fighting me on this one. So you'll have to interview the bow. But um, what I'm trying to say is I developed a sense during the pandemic that I wanted to do this podcast. And I developed a sense during this pandemic of doing things differently. And really seizing the moment was also meeting this person and seeing him recognizing who was actually in front of me for the first time. And I know, or I'm pretty sure that I would have not had that moment if I hadn't begun to change, to say to myself, just seize the moment. Or in um, Shonda Rhimes, I think uh, the book is called A Year of Yes, you know, to actually do that to make it a year of yes. Now, I know this is such a cliche, but 
it wasn't a decision I made. It's something that I saw in other people who also didn't make this conscious decision to just change things up a little, to seize the moment, to just say, whatever, what the fuck, I'm just going to do this. And um, it's been really great. It's uh, turned into this podcast and into um, a relationship that I'm currently at least still very happy in. So um, that was another thing I noticed. The or another sort of phenomenon that I've been uh, looking at is the whole idea of really getting shit done. So not just checking things off your bucket list like this podcast, or I'm seeing other people who are putting whole businesses into place that they've wanted to do. People retraining as coaches now, and they used to do something completely different. They might have worked for a bank, um, whatever it was. So it's not just the sort of reinventing ourselves. It's also just getting stuff done. It's like... um, Whatever it is, whether it's sorting through your closet or getting rid of all that junk you have in your basement. Um, I don't even mean all the fitness and weight loss plans, all, all those I find a little tiring sometimes when people are doing the 100th squat challenge. I'm like, good luck with that. I'm still working on my sit-ups over here. But to really get things done. This is a time when maybe you have more time, hopefully not because you lost a job, but maybe it is that. Or for me, I was working for a while, 50% less. Now I feel I'm working 150% more. But whatever extreme it is in, to just get things done, because time is skewing us towards that. Things are different now, and I think we've all come to recognize that they may stay different or altered modified, reinvented, whatever the word is, all semantics in my opinion. But this is um, a season of change. And to get shit done just means this is completed and you can be ready for whatever it is that is coming next, which doesn't have to be something bad that's coming next. But whatever it is, you're ready because you're clearing out, you're sending a signal, I'm getting stuff done, I'm moving on with my life in whatever ways I can. And yeah, really completing tasks, if you will. One of the more obvious phenomena that have been showing up right now is the whole idea of trying to stay in contact with friends. And I don't know about you, but how many ways of sick am I of uh, Zoom calls and, you know, being connected remotely. But What it has done is that it's changed entire fields of work and production and communication where we realize we don't have to just, you know, work off our eight hours at the office and um, do work in a conventional way. We've also noticed that it has been a way to step back into contact with people that we might have lost sight of for a moment there and to actually pick up the phone again. And this has been something, even though I miss my friends so, so much, call out to all you girls in Sweden and New Zealand and Australia and wherever, America, where where a lot of my family is, you know. I really, I do, I miss people. I think like we all do. But I have been forced, and this in a positive way, to pick up the phone and really talk to my friends and have longer, deeper conversations where you're crying on the phone because things are difficult, probably not just due to the pandemic. I've noticed a lot of problems are bubbling up 
alongside of this thing and to just really have honest conversations about how we're feeling and to what has happened also sometimes is I've called friends that I've been friends with for decades, <laughs> I hate to admit, by now and um, talk about our history together how our friendship has evolved over time. And I've really enjoyed some of those conversations. Again, they've been schizophrenic where it's like, oh, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you. Oh, but at least we're on the phone and we can talk or even have a quick uh, WhatsApp FaceTime. And those have been good conversations. They've been very real. They've been very raw. They might not have always been accompanied by a sense of grace, but they have been authentic. And to me, that has been a direct result of the pandemic and the kind of isolation that my friends and I are experiencing um, with and, and from each other. So these real conversations have been little gems in between a lot of grief and, um, well, suffering, I guess. It really, it really can be said. And one of the last things that I wanted to say is that there have been windows, openings to get back to certain things that I have been wanting to do or return to for the longest time, whether it was my yoga practice, um, my sewing machine, which, quite frankly, <laughs> trying to encourage myself, I had placed it directly on my desk for a long, long time, many, many months. And I ended up not properly touching my sewing machine for about four years or so now. And touch it, work with it, I did. Now I got back to it. I um, started to create things again. And this is the last thing I do want to say about the uh, pandemic and the kind of magic that it has produced is the creativity in myself, but even much more so in everyone I talk to, or most people, should I say, especially those who haven't been, again, directly affected, is the kind of creativity that we've pursued and craved, and now we have made room for. And I think, of course, creativity is magic, right? Just sort of channeling what comes through. You can call it the muse, call it God, the universe. But when those creative juices get going, when you have the privilege, and it shouldn't be a privilege, but the freedom and the space to just create, I don't care what it is, but that has been a godsend for me to return to my crafting to watch my friends do so, build their own things. I have another acquaintance, actually a friend of a friend's. He just built a little bar at home. I mean, <laughs> I realize the idea of pandemic drinking, and I'm not going to go into that. But I do want to sort of emphasize the opportunities that I and, and many people that I've seen in my um, environment who have been able to create and to really discover old talents and skills that they had, and also new ones. In fact, I repaired my sewing machine with the help of a YouTube video. And how proud was I that I was able to make it work again with my own two hands? Just something that's very, very small, but that makes us feel empowered in a time that doesn't seem to offer up a whole lot of empowerment, and where we don't see the way forward, but where we are able to maybe see today and to see what is it that I can do today because, well, quite frankly, planning 
is really, really hard. I do it because it makes me feel like I'm moving forward. And in some ways it does. But in other ways, it's like, well, well I guess I can safely check off um, vacation planning for now because I just don't know when I can fly back home, for example, uh, to the States and, and see my families. But I can pop out a bunch of fabric and start sewing in some sort of a way or um, writing or whatever it is that I've been able to do during this time. So that's the pandemic magic. I hope this was inspiring to you. I would really love to hear from you how you're finding ways through this whole madness. I mean, um, it takes a moment, right? It takes a moment to think of these things, and not all of them are graceful. Uh, I'm just thinking of a situation yesterday where someone totally cut me off in traffic, and I was on my bicycle. It was super dangerous. And I think my Zen yoga teacher reaction was, what the fuck are you doing, asshole? <laughs> so just to keep it real, there will be those many, many moments when it doesn't feel magical, when it feels like dark magic, if anything else, but those are allowed too. And I did have to laugh about myself afterwards because, hey, he was acting dangerously. It's okay. I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. His windows are closed. All right. Closing with that graceful moment. I hope you're doing well. I hope you stay well, and I'm really happy that you are listening to the podcast and giving me all this wonderful feedback. Keep it coming. Until then, lots of love. Bye.